focused on the Wales squad for the Autumn Internationals this week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Of course, it all starts with a friendly against France towards the end of the month, then the rearranged Six Nations game against Scotland, and then the new Autumn Nations Cup. Plenty to look forward to. Wales coach Wayne Pavak named a 38-man squad this week for those games. We'll hear some delight and disappointment shortly, but first, let's hear from the coach about his thinking. We've looked at the season in its entirety and we've got three opportunities to get the team out on the park. Obviously, it starts with this autumn series, which is upon us now, and then it's followed by the Six Nations, obviously, and then uh, an opportunity potentially to uh, take a development team or a team uh, with a lot of new players to um, Argentina later in the season with the Lions Tour June-July. So we've looked at it firstly from the Autumn Series uh, with the World Rankings being finalised. I think that's allowed us now the opportunity to have a look at a few more players to look at further developing our game and also exposing some more rugby players to this level of the game to answer some questions really and broaden the depth within the squad. So that's the way we've looked at it. Certainly the Six Nations, uh, which is only about seven weeks after the completion of this tournament, uh, we'll be into um, that, and that is a tournament where we know we have to perform uh, and get the best results possible. We'll be looking to try to win that tournament, obviously. So that's a little bit of background to the selection, and uh, obviously 38 players named, seven uncapped players, one of those being Louis Rees-Zamet, who we selected for the Six Nations. So there's a number of players getting an opportunity to come into camp and show us what they can do at this level. We may, may start with those seven uncapped players. Maybe the Bristol duo, Callum Sheedy and Yoan Lloyd. First, maybe Callum Sheedy. He was obviously eligible for other countries. How did you persuade him that Wales was the way forward for him? Well, it was about a one-minute phone call in relation to uh, eligibility. He told me that he was born in Cardiff, raised in Cardiff, and that he's Welsh through and through, and I could tell by his accent. So, now he was very, very keen to represent his country, and his country is Wales. So uh, that was a short phone call around uh, eligibility. What qualities has him and Yo and Lloyd shown to you that they deserve to be in an international squad for Bristol? Well, first and foremost, the team position. We've had some injuries well documented. Gareth's out for a year. Uh, Reese Patchell is just back from you know a long layoff since the Rugby World Cup. He's played about 13 minutes of rugby. So we we're always looking at the depth in that position. Jared got a run in the Six Nations and we just wanted to cast net a little bit. And we think Callum um, has been playing well for Bristol. And we think that, you know, he has a good all-round game. 23 years of age, I think, you know, he's got a big future in front of him. So, you know, we've spoken to all the teams. We had a, a Zoom call with about 55 players, um, local players, and we talked around the, the season that's coming. And so those that uh, haven't been named in that position have been spoken to. But certainly Callum, uh, we think, has a big future in the game. We're looking forward to working with him. Yoan Lloyd, he's a player that can play 10, 15, trains a lot at 10, plays 15, kicks goals. Can play on the wing. He's got genuine pace. Um, he's got a good step. He's got a good offloading game. And we think the way we want to play the game going forward, he offers a lot for a young man at 19 years of age. He's been in the Wales under 20s, and so he's someone that uh, we've been tracking for some time. And Johnny Williams, he's come across. He's impressed with the Scarlet since he's been in. Another guy who was obviously eligible for England. But if you look at his name, it's a similar thing. He's he's Welsh. What attracted you to get him in the squad so early? I've spoken to him on and off for a number of years now. Um, when I was at the Scarlets, about. Uh, potentially coming to Wales. So he's been uh, always looking to come to Wales and has always wanted to represent Wales. So for us, it was just a matter of uh, having a look at him. He's played a, in a big match before. We've seen him play for England against Barbarians in a non-test match. 
and he's a player that I think has an exciting future. He's uh, he's quite a big guy. He's got good acceleration, good pace. It looks to have a, a good offloading game. And the area that we want him to, to work on, he's put a lot of work into, and that's uh, in the dark arts of the game and the breakdown area and also the uh, the defensive side of the game. And just to clarify something in there, when you said Gareth had been out for a year, did you mean that he's been out for a year from his injury or did you mean that he was out for another year? I just wanted to clarify that so I didn't get that wrong. Gareth will miss uh, the majority, if not all of the season. So uh, we're looking at uh, 12 months. Below? It is. I mean, he's a quality player, isn't he? He, he was uh, playing a lot in the number 10 jersey for Warren leading up to the World Cup and obviously had the injury that he sustained in the warm-up game. So devastating for him as a as a guy wanting to go to a World Cup and also for the team. So um, to have him out for so long is not great, but he is working very, very hard. And I was just talking to him five minutes before coming on onto the Zoom call. Uh, so he's in the building at the moment, working very, very hard. France is the opening game. Obviously, there's some issue with the clubs over there, Wayne. And also, I mean, obviously, coronavirus cases are up there as well in Paris this week. Any danger that game won't go ahead? And have you got a backup plan? Or are you quite confident that match will be played? Well, we're confident the game will go ahead and we're preparing for that match. But obviously, we always have a plan B internally if, if the game didn't go ahead. So uh, for us, though, it's uh, France as, a, as the first up opposition, and that's who we'll be focusing on the first couple of weeks. You are um, asking a lot of young men. They're going to be in a bubble for a long time uh, over the next couple of months. How are you going to manage that? What are the challenges for you and the players? It's a challenge for everybody, being adaptable, I guess. So if you look at a World Cup and what could get thrown at you, uh, I think... Um, you know, this pandemic, one thing it has done, it's made everybody look outside the square a little bit and uh, we operate in different ways. And this is going to be a great challenge for not only the players, but also the staff because it's uh, we're all in the same boat here. So really, it's, there's going to be a lot of discipline required and the players that we've spoken to so far are really look excited and looking forward to getting back into camp because, you know, there was a summer tour to Japan and New Zealand where everybody was obviously really looking forward to that and that's passed us by. So... I think everybody now, even though there's going to be changes in camp and the way we operate, I think uh, they just can't wait to get in to be part of uh, a Welsh setup again. What's your policy going to be on um, calling players up and releasing players from the squad given the coronavirus situation at the moment? Sitting as a club coach for many years, uh, the policy for us was always once your players were selected for Wales, our plan A was not to have them. If we got them, it was a bonus. And I think that's probably the rule of thumb, really. Um, once they're in, there will be opportunities for the odd player to go back and play, uh, depending on the amount of game time they've had. And a lot of our players are coming back from a long time out of the game, so that will be important. But it'll be on a case-by-case basis. I'm getting around the, with the four regional coaches later this week, so uh, we'll be discussing uh, those sorts of issues with them. And just on Liam Williams, obviously comes into camp, having not played a lot. When are you expecting him to be available for you? Yeah, at this stage, he's uh, working really, really hard on his recovery. He's uh, going well, and he is due to be back playing the weekend of the French game, so uh, he'll play some form of rugby on that weekend. Have you spoken to Will Griff? John obviously was named to play against Scotland many months ago. Now when the game will take place, he he won't be in the squad. That's obviously going to be a disappointment for him. What was the the thinking around tight head? Yeah, so everybody that um, was in the squad in the Six Nations that has missed out... uh, that was selected in that squad originally has been spoken to and some unpleasant phone calls really. It's not the nicest part of the job but certainly that was done yesterday and and as late as this morning so that they got the news from me as opposed to hearing it by the media. So yeah he was spoken to, he's got parts of his game he needs to work on, bringing him into the camp we learned a lot about uh, Will and he learned a lot about the preparation needed and and the shape you need to be in to play at this level of the game. So he's worked really really hard, He's, he's lost some weight, he's in much better shape 
and we've talked to him about playing week in and week out and showing some consistency in his game across the board. So he's had a clear message. And also these 55 players we talk about with a Zoom call have all been spoken to around what we want to get out of this campaign, obviously the Six Nations. And if you're not involved in this campaign, obviously we'll be looking at the performances of the players for their clubs and making sure that we pick the squad, which we think is the best available at the time to win the Six Nations. So if you're not on this squad, it's work hard and uh, we're monitoring those players and they'll be looked at and, and be considered as well. Players like Adam Beard and, and Elliot D over the last two years have really symbolised, I guess, the, the future of the national side in Wales. And um, for them not to be involved, it might have come as a bit of a shock to some. Can you just explain the thinking around those two? Yeah, Elliot um, has only played a couple of games of rugby since um, pre the Six Nations. He didn't partake in the Six Nations due to injury. So um, it was an opportunity for us to have a look at the other hookers. One of the positions we want to have a look at, Sam Perry. He's a big man, around 110 kilos. He's got a good carrying game and he's a very, very physical player. So a slightly different player from Elliot. We know what Elliot can do and he's been spoken to and he knows he needs to run a game now at club level and just to get some uh, minutes back up, really, if you like, and uh, get his form to where it needs to be. And he'll certainly be in consideration for the situation. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear more about what it's like to be left out shortly, but first, one of the new faces in the squad is Scarlet Scrum half Kieran Hardy. When they talk about players going on a journey, in his case, they meant it literally. To explain more, here's Scarlet's attack coach Di Flanagan on their approach to players being called up by Wales. We've really celebrated the inclusion of all the players who've been selected because there's X amount of players. We've got a decent squad who help these players get better daily and we've lost them. But again, from our side, how exciting is it to see the next crop of players come in and be given opportunities and, and we'll be the next player to be called in. There's opportunities everywhere. There's a lot of rugby to be played in. We back our squad. They challenge every day with each other and they test each other every day and, and they deserve their opportunity and it's going to come. Kieran Hardy and Josh McLeod, maybe you could just talk a bit about how impressed you've been with those two players, their new faces in the Wales squad. Yeah, if I start with Kieran, just Kieran's journey has been unbelievable. When I started here many, many moons ago, he was training with the academy and he wasn't contracted, he wasn't um, paid. He would train every day while he's with Kamal and Quinns and come in and sit down with the coaches to get better. Then he earned the right to get a contract for the year after. Obviously, he wasn't chosen to be selected, but instead of his head down, he, he actually got his head down the correct way, went away, backed himself, worked hard out in Jersey and rightly been given the opportunity to come back as pushing guard as hard as he is and yes, yeah, fully deserved. I think he's been an outstanding player the last 18 months and we're quite excited to see him be given that opportunity at the next level to see what he can do. Josh has been, well, he won all our awards last year, players, players player of the year. But more importantly for Josh is how he's developed his leadership skills and his control around the environment. Josh has always been an outstanding rugby player, no open question now, but where Josh has really developed is his maturity. And you see in that way he's managing refs now, he's not giving away half as many penalties. He's in control of his decisions, his skill set's improved, he's become a seven who can play on the edge. Again, Josh has earned the right to be there. So let's hear more from Kieran Hardy and his journey from Carmarthen Quinns to Jersey, back to the Scarlets and now to the Wales squad starting with his reaction to that call-up. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. You know, there's a lot of quality nines in Wales at the moment. Uh, a lot of people probably put their hand up. It's lucky enough to get a nod and obviously I'm extremely proud. It was a big day for me and my family and uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it next week. 
Yeah, what are your hopes then once you do get into it? Just to get better every day, I think. Enjoy the environment, embrace it. And uh, if I can improve every day and just show what I'm about, then hopefully I get the opportunity to put on the shirt. You've improved massively over the the last number of seasons. Just tell us about your, your story about going to Jersey. What was that experience like and how did that improve you as a player? It was just an opportunity to play, really. To play at a challenging standard every week. I wasn't really getting much game time. I was scarless at the time. It was a bit of a risk. But I wanted to challenge myself and just see how good I could be. And just The aim was to just improve. And uh, There was areas in my game where I probably weren't good enough to play regional level at the time. So it was about going over there and trying new things and seeing what worked for me. And it was the best thing I ever did in the end. And now I'm getting the opportunity that you know I worked so hard for. You're getting opportunities at the Scarlets as well with, with Gareth Davis. You're both kind of pushing each other hard, getting the best out of each other. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think so. I think that competition only makes you better players. And we learn off each other as well, you know. If we can help each other with a certain thing, then we will. And ultimately, it makes the team better and it makes us better players. And obviously with Wayne Pivak, you've, you've worked with him before. Have you been in dialogue with him since he got the Wales job, speaking to him about how you can improve and how you can get into that squad? Uh, yeah, I've had a few conversations over the last year or so. It's just about you know nitpicking in your game and trying to find the little areas to improve. All the nines in Wales have got good core skills and they're all doing what they do well. So I think it was just about you know trying to learn a bit more about game management and my communication with players, generally something I've tried to improve in my game and something he saw that could be improved. So that's been a big work on. As a nine, I think there's a lot of expectation these days. I'm being a leader on the field as well. So um, being a driver on the field and helping the boys and making those decisions, working alongside 10 and the captain and whoever. And, you know, you've got to feel that on the field and see what decisions are best at the time. And I think that's something I've worked alongside the other coaches here at the moment and just trying to improve small parts every week. Can I just take you back to that period where you're playing at Carmarthen, you're training at the Scarlets, you're trying to work out your future. What were your big considerations at that point? At that point in time, it was just playing well for Carmarthen and just hoping that I would get the opportunity to get a crack at regional level and find out how good I was. In hindsight, I probably wasn't anywhere near good enough to play regional level at that point, but I think I realised that and there was areas in my game which I needed to work on and I tried my best um, every day to improve and it took four years or whatever it was, but the route I've had you know, makes it a lot more satisfying to be where I am now, considering what I've had to go through. We see lots of academy players coming through, sitting on the bench, spending a lot of time training, holding tackle bags. Do you think you'd be where you are now if you made different decisions then? Uh, definitely not. I think it was a risk. My story is probably that you know there, there is always a way to where you want to be. It might not be as easy as some boys come out of the academy and they're ready to play regional rugby. I definitely wasn't, and there's probably a lot of boys which aren't ready for that step straight away. So um, sometimes it's the easiest route is not the best route for you, and you've got to work hard and you've got to make some sacrifices along the way. Just wondering what were the areas of, of your game that you've changed over the last three, four years? I would say you know, my running game more than anything. Before I went to Jersey, I wouldn't have considered myself a massive running threat. I think um, that was a big part of my game, which I needed to have a look at and uh, have a look for opportunities to do things around that. And I worked alongside Harvey Biljohn up there, who was 
an extra half also, which having him look at my game every week and having some pointers from him ultimately made me much better. Going into camp as possibly the number three scrum half, that could mean a lot of holding tackle bags and so on. But there's an awful lot of games in a short period of time. So I think this will be a different international period and more opportunities for the likes of yourself. Is that how you see it? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenge. I think the other two nines are obviously established at that level and they've done well for a number of seasons. But it's a challenge I'm looking forward to. You know, I've, I've had to work my way through the pecking order of the Scarlets. That's always been the way I've actually done things. I've never actually had anything given to me. So it's something I'm looking forward to and hopefully I can thrive on that challenge and get given the opportunity when I'm ready. And uh, where were you and, and how did you find out that you'd been called up? We, we had a, a meeting actually, so I was on Dai's back about getting out because I know the emails only go out 10 or so minutes before the squad gets announced. So I was itching to get out of the meeting and um, my emails <laughs> wouldn't refresh and my form signal was terrible. So I, was, uh, I literally found out a minute before it went live, but I just remember ringing my dad straight away and he was quite emotional. So a really, really nice feeling. I'm really honoured. So that's been quite a route to the top, but spare a thought for those players left out as well, and what the next few weeks will be like for them. Here's Dragons outside half Sam Davis. Yeah, it's a little bit of disappointment, but you know, I just think I just want to get my game back to um, the best that you know I can be, and I think a bit of consistency will help that you know massively, and a run of games really, um, which I'm starting to get again. And, you know, I thought I did quite well up in Leinster. So it's just building off the back of that performance now and trying to get in a little part of detail, which the, the Wales coaches find valuable, correct. Um, and if I can do that, then I'm confident. Then hopefully I can push to get selected in the future. You know, I'm not going to put my head down. I'm going to keep working hard and hopefully the hard work will pay off. But my sole focus now is playing for the Dragons and playing well and getting consistent games under my belt. Is there an element of frustration on your part that a player who doesn't play in Wales has been included in the squad for the first time? Plays uh, over the border in England, but he's been included in the squad. Does that frustrate you? Um, no, look, it doesn't frustrate me. You know, fair play to uh, Sheedy. He's been playing well. Bristol are doing really well, to be fair. They've had a run of games, which you know I, I don't feel like I've really had at the moment. It's been just trying to get back into... A consistent run, which is coming up now, thankfully. But, you know, fair play to Sheed. He's been playing well. I've watched some of the games and he deserves to be in there. And, you know, my job now is to be as consistent as I can. And, yeah, just get some good results for the Dragons and just enjoy my rugby. Because, I, you know, I think you get caught up sometimes in not enjoying it. And that, that was probably happened at the Ospreys towards the end of my career there. But as long as I'm enjoying my rugby and contribute as much as I can to this Dragons team then hopefully things will go my way in the near future. You've got a week off soon, but as a player, as a professional player, to be back on that field in competitive games, uh, satisfaction for you and, and, and looking forward to just continuing? 100%, yeah. For everyone, it was, it was really tough, this whole pandemic, and you know, it's, it's ongoing, and we've had to find ways to adapt to allow us to play, and I think fair play to everyone behind the scenes who made it possible. But for us as players, that's all we want to do, and... Turning 27 today, I'd like to think I'm probably at the peak or coming into my peak, so I'm told by our conditioner now of my career. And it would have been not really ideal if you know we were just kind of sitting on the sidelines. So to have that schedule uh, in place now is just really exciting. You've got that week break. Once upon a time, that would be Dubai or something really letting your hair down. It's obviously 
completely different situation in every degree. So in that week break, when your opportunities are extremely limited, how careful do you have to be? How different does it get? It does get different. And I think it's massively different now, isn't it? Because like you said, we we can't really go away or anything because it just puts everything at risk. You've seen what's going on in in England, what's happening with sale currently, and it just jeopardises everything, doesn't it? So, yeah, I mean, it's probably not this block that you'd look to go away on anyway because it's so early in the season. It would probably be towards the Six Nations block. And look, none of the boys will be going away, that's for sure. I think it'll just be a week of... Well, we're not actually off, so (laughs) we're training. We just haven't got a game on the weekend, sorry. But yeah, so we're training all week, actually. So we can't go away anyway, even if things were normal but we've got to be careful as players we've got a responsibility now that because they put everything in place for us to be able to play the testing protocols and all the social distancing etc we've got a responsibility I find to kind of hold our end of the bargain and not go out and kind of put ourselves at risk of catching the virus so much more on all that next week from Wales men and women but until then from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast goodbye and stay safe